Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Getting you ready for the day in sports betting, this is Point Spread Saturday on VSEN, the sports betting network. Welcome into Point Spread Saturday, coming to you from the VEASAN studio at the South Point Hotel and Casino. Femi and Bebefe, Amal Shaw, once again here as we get you set for week number eight in college football. Folks, just to peel the curtains back, I wish you could hear our pre-production meetings. Just how fired up Amal Shaw is. We bring the energy. We love college football. This man loves it more than anybody I know. What a slate that we have here. Before we get into the slate of games that we have on Saturday, let's talk about what we saw Friday night. <laughs> Starting with Washington, 17-point favorites in Tucson against the Arizona Wildcats, total of 46. The Huskies win the game 21-16. to Wildcats cover the 17-point spread. Game goes under the total. But if you watch that game, and unfortunately I'm a Husky fan of Moss, so I watched it, I, I, I'm, I'm not liking what I'm seeing out oh, there in Mont Lake. I, it's year two under Jimmy Lake, and I think it should be uh, it's year two too many. As <laughs> we should probably move on. Yeah, that boat is taking on water over there. I'll tell yeah. you right now. You look at this team. <laughs> hey, but congratulations to your Huskies. They get a big win against an 0 and 7 Arizona team. Cut his mic. They, their record now. They have th- they have three wins on the season against four losses. Their three wins have come against opponents with a combined record of two and 18. Great job. Yeah, I mean, my God, what are we going back to the Ty Willingham days? Just drive this program into the ground. I so, mean, look, listen, you're seeing this. You got to get rid of Jimmy Lake because we see what's happened to Arizona when they kept around Kevin Sumlin. He drove that program right into the ground. Jed Fish and company, along with the genius that is Don Brown, get an illegal substitution on defense on third down and five with two minutes to go. They're driving the Arizona program into the ground. I mean, if you don't get rid of these bad coaches, 
You're going to have problems. Huskies have a lot of problems, as we can see throughout this season so far here in 2021. Those funny rumors were circulating before kickoff that we would see Dylan Morris and Sam Heward split reps for that offense there at quarterback position. Amal, ask me how many passing attempts Sam Heward had yesterday. I'm going to say zero. Uh, he had one. one. He had one in that one sequence had, of plays. Okay, I, I know he came one on the series. field for one series. Dylan Morris was bleeding from the nose, so they had taken him out. But to me, if you're Washington, you got to play Hewitt at this point in time. But I know they want to still make a bowl game. Do you believe they can? No. I was going to say that right there. No, I mean, with the schedule they still have, they still have to play Oregon coming up here. I'm not even confident they're going to win the Apple Cup. They, 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 I don't won, think they are. They've won every Apple Cup since 2012. or rather they, That's the last time that they lost the Apple Cup. So every Apple Cup since 2013, I don't think they're going to win that one. I think Washington State will uh, go ahead and get that win and, and stop the, the streak that's been going on up in the Pacific Northwest. But enough of Washington football. Folks don't want to hear that. They want to hear about Saturday's bets. But to recap what we saw yesterday, Utah State covered as three-point underdogs. Wild finish out there for Utah State. They win the game 26-24 over Colorado State. Game goes under the total of 58-and-a-half. Uh, just crazy what we saw there. The, the field goal team was rushing onto the field. I know you don't want to get too involved in it because you're a little fired up about that game as we were talking about beforehand. So we'll move along to Memphis, UCF. UCF defeats Memphis 24-7. to That game, the Knights cover a one-and-a-half point spread. Game goes way under the total of 63, only 31 points scored. Then the final game of yesterday's slate, Middle Tennessee State at Connecticut. Middle Tennessee State wins that one 44-13. They cover 14-point spread. Game goes over the total. But Amal, top 25 games here in week number eight in the college football slate, starting with USC and number 13, Notre Dame. This one is out in South Bend. 4.30 kickoff over on NBC. The Fighting Irish, seven-point favorites with a total of 59. What, did Tim Murray put you up to this to mention this game? Who cares? <laughs> it's hey, I Notre Dame is useless. I they don't with, win anything. They don't win important football games. They but, haven't but, since but 1988, the 89, games. whatever. I spoke with Chris <laughs> Andrews at the South Point Hotel Casino, the sportsbook director here yesterday. Highest bet game of the day as of yesterday. So we're leading the show with the Mall. The folks are interested. They're invested. Hold on a so. second. Hold on a second. Let me rebut that with Faker fans bet the Fakers every night and they get trounced. The best part of Laker games is they fight amongst themselves. We're only six quarters in before the fights get started between yeah. AD and, of course, uh, Dwight Howard. In terms of this matchup, look, USC, how engaged are they going to be is the big question mark. This team right now in turmoil. Coaching change, obviously, already looking for a national search there. And then Notre Dame, 5-1. and one. This might be the most fraudulent 5-1 and one team in a long time. They had the good win in Blacksburg. Coming off of the bye week, now they've got an opportunity against their rival here in USC. This is a game, if you're Notre Dame and if you still want to be relevant, this is a game you have to win against a team that really is just on the downward trend in Los Angeles right now with the Trojans. I didn't play this game. I don't have any interest in this game. By the way, I find it offensive that they're playing this game at night in South Bend. There's just certain places you shouldn't play night games. South Bend is one of them. It should be the 2.30 <laughs> Central Time kickoff there in Indiana. I still I think they're on the Eastern Time right now. But the point is, to me, uh, I just... I think this is a tough game to call either way. Here's the, here's the problem with Oregon and Notre Dame and two programs who should not have retreads at quarterback. When your quarterback is coming in from Boston College or Wisconsin, that hotbed of quarterbacking minus Russell Wilson, you are in serious <laughs> trouble. Do you really want Jack Cohen? Think about this. I don't think Jack Cohen is good enough to be the scout team quarterback at Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, or Clemson. Hey, you're not going to hear any arguments from me on that regard. Uh, but hey, more power I, I, to I, I, the I, I, Irish. Keep it up, Brian <laughs> Kelly. Most wins in Notre Dame history, but still hasn't won a national title and won't win one anytime soon. <laughs>
the the people, the the experts, and all that stuff are praising Jack Cohn after his week one performance against Florida State. Who did you talk to his mom and dad? We we, we know Florida State, obviously not the program that it once was in the 90s. But Amal doesn't have a pick on that game. I do have a pick on USC and Notre Dame. So we'll get to that in the second hour. That's why we started with that. Nine total picks between the two of us, Amal and I. Those picks coming up in the second hour. Also, Mark Zinno of Sports Grid TV. He'll be joining us in the second hour as well. He's sort of our SEC correspondent out there in Georgia. So we'll get his thoughts on the SEC slate and also maybe futures bets that could be made out there in the SEC. But moving along, today's slate, speaking of the SEC, Tennessee and number four, Alabama out there in Tuscaloosa. The Tide, 25-point favorites, total of 68. We saw Alabama bounce back in a big way a week ago down there at Starkville Mall. Yeah, absolutely. They were dominant in that performance. I expect them to dominate this game. The big question mark, if you're going to touch this game, is keep keep an eye on the status of Hendon Hooker. He got injured late in that game against Ole Miss. It had a huge impact because Joe Milton didn't even attempt to throw the football into the end zone, but in his defense, he was a Michigan transfer, not used to getting inside the red zone, not knowing what to do in that situation. Especially with the, absolutely, especially with the game on the line. Why would you want to throw the ball on uh, basically a goal-to-go situation from the 19-yard line into the end zone? You, want to, you know what the goal is with three seconds is to run Run the ball to the 10 and step out of bounds. That is the goal at Rocky Top right now. I, I still couldn't believe it when I saw it last Saturday. It's like, okay, tough spot to enter the game. Quarterback gets hurt. Now you have to – but it's – come on, throw the football. You know what? They should They should have gone full Pat Hayden on Joe Milton. You should have said, Joe, scholarship's off. The rest of the semester's paid for it, but you won't be back with the team come Monday. Don't worry about showing up for practice. Interesting, the game – the total is 68 in the last three years. Tennessee games, 8-2 and two to the under against top 25 teams. You mentioned the quarterback not familiar with the red zone there. Maybe this game is a, a lean towards the under. Well, no, I don't think so. I think Bama's going to score 45 to 50 points in this game. I think Fair the enough. offense should flourish. This Tennessee defense couldn't stop anybody. Remember last week, uh, Ole Miss doing that without their tight end, without their receiver. Sanders is out. Uh, also banged up on the offensive line. Matt Corral runs for a buck 95. I expect Alabama's depth at running back to be very effective in this game. Uh, Bryce Young to have a big day because Matt Corral's performance right now, for me, puts him ahead of Bryce Young for the Heisman Trophy. Okay. Uh, and this is a good opportunity for Bryce Young to bounce back. Uh, this is a huge, used to be a huge rivalry, but Alabama has won this game, I think, since 2007, since Saban arrived. They have dominated the Big Orange, and they're going to have to get things turned around and be competitive. I, I hope Hendon Hooker can play, could be a little bit more competitive from an offensive standpoint for Tennessee, but if he doesn't play, I think, uh, as Dabo Sweeney likes to say, them boys are in trouble. <laughs> them boys are definitely in trouble out there on Rocky Top. Kickoff 4 o'clock for that one between Tennessee and number 4 Alabama. I know the game that you're itching for. and see, You already see the energy that Maul comes with here on a Saturday. Just imagine what it's going to be like. 4.30 Pacific time, 7.30 Eastern, when his number 5 Ohio State Buckeyes travel to Bloomington to face Indiana. Ohio State a 21-point favorite with a total of 59. I, well, you know, I have to bring the energy. There won't be much there in Bloomington. It'll be half Buckeye <laughs> fans there at that library they call the stadium oh, in, in Bloomington. Uh, look, I expect the Buckeyes to roll in this one. A couple years ago, they destroyed Indiana in Bloomington. Uh, last year, they struggled in this game a little bit. We saw Justin Fields throw his first interceptions of the season. I think he threw two in that game against Indiana. I think the Buckeyes will be better in this one offensively. They are firing an all-cylinder. C.J. Stroud, 10 touchdown passes in his last two games. No picks. I expect the Buckeyes to roll comfortably in this one. Have a play in this game. We'll get into that a little bit later on. Uh, you know, Femi, the thing is, I'm actually waiting for next Saturday. 
Next Saturday, we got the cocktail party, Michigan, yes. Michigan State, Ohio State, Penn State, assuming the Buckeyes in Illinois take, uh, excuse me, uh, Penn State against Illinois takes care of business. Hey, we don't want this to be a look-ahead spot for Point Spread Saturday, all right? I'm <laughs> we, not saying We, we don't want to be looking ahead. You didn't even go to the game of the day. The <laughs> game of the, the day is at the Rose Bowl. Don't you worry. We're going to get to that game in the next segment. I'm all, we got to oh give my the people God. some What are we going to do, Oklahoma, Kansas next? We got to give them little nibbles here. You know, just let them, let, let them ease into things. Game of the day. I'm fired up, man. We will get to that in about 15 minutes. But first, I want to get what's going down in Oxford, Mississippi. LSU, number 12, Ole Miss. The Rebels, seven and a half point favorites. Total, of course, it's an Ole Miss game, so it's 76 and a half. But what do you think of this one? You said already that Matt Corral is your Heisman favorite in your opinion. He is. A couple of concerns coming in this matchup. First of all, I like LSU in the seven and a half. Ed Orgeron, you and I were talking about this before we came on air. Mm. You can say whatever you want about it from an X's and O's perspective, but in terms of as a coach, the players love him. He's a top five recruiter nationally. To me, once he takes his $16 million, it's going to be interesting to see if he wants to go and coach somewhere else uh, in a coordinator role or, or to me, he would be phenomenal in terms of from a recruiting standpoint. However, I think LSU is going to be able to be competitive in this one. Line I'm now up to eight and a half. Now, that means Matt Corral is probably going to play. Because remember, he got banged up, and he was questionable coming into this game. I expect him to go. But pay attention to that if you're going to touch this game down in Oxford today. Yeah, Ole Miss 4-11 ATS in their last 15 games before playing Auburn. I'm not sure how much you could read into that one. That might be more... Uh noise than it is signal there, but an interesting game nonetheless. Last week, I think we are talking about that show cause for Ed Orgeron. <laughs> Looks like they worked things out there and they're in Baton Rouge. <laughs> I'm really surprised, to be honest with you, because this is a lot of money you're paying out. Now you're going to go have to go bring in another big-name coach. Yeah. If you're LSU, three national titles in the last, what, 19 years, an impressive run, and you just can't bring in somebody pedestrian off the street. You've got to go get a big name. I'm not sure who they're going to go get. Some of the names that have been speculated out there, I just don't know if they'll be able to carry it on. I think LSU is probably, when you go per capita, probably the second-best state to recruit in in the Definitely. country. Definitely. Just behind Georgia. Well, we'll break it all down as point spread Saturday. Amal. We have four games with unranked teams that are favored against ranked opponents. We'll break them down next in this segment here on Point Spread Saturday. It is Visa and V Sports Betting Network. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Sarah, I loved that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. -O. 
What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying cows are bust. You can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my, my dance, <laughs> There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. This is Point Spread Saturday on VSN, the sports betting network. Start drafting good in the neighborhood with the Applebee's Fantasy Football Throwdown. Play free in a pro football contest and feast on the competition for your shot at a share of $5,000 in cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Applebee's now to get in on the action. Applebee's eating good in the neighborhood. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Point spread Saturday rolling along here. Week 8. From the college football slate, Femi Abebefe Amal Shaw coming to you from the VEASAN studios at the South Point Hotel and Casino. And Amal, the game I know you've been itching to get to, and I'll admit, probably is the game of the day. But we had to start with USC Notre Dame, most bet game of the day. But this one, I believe, will be the most competitive game of the day. Number 10 Oregon visiting UCLA in the Rose Bowl. College football game day is in Los Angeles. Bruins, one-point favorite to the total of 60-and-a-half. Both of us have plays on this game. We'll get to that, like we mentioned, second hour, but early thoughts in this game between the Ducks and the Bruins. Yeah, that's why I said I'm looking forward to next weekend. If game day's at this game, we're in trouble for the weekend. <laughs> hey, man, we work with what we got. <laughs> exactly. Fair enough. <laughs> I just think it's an interesting matchup when you look at both teams important in their respective divisions, the Pac-12 North and the Pac-12 South. Very important from a race standpoint because Oregon already has the loss against Stanford. UCLA has the loss against Arizona State. So when opportunity for both of these teams to really kind of make sure they're back in this race that they drop this game I think it's gonna be very difficult because Oregon State quietly is putting together a nice season we see Washington State they've won three in a row against Cal Oregon State and uh, Stanford so important game here for the Ducks big question I have is can Anthony Brown deliver when this offense needs it that's my one concern offensively they're banged up a little bit we know that uh, but if Brown's got to make plays, I I trust DTR more than I do uh, Anthony Brown for Oregon. That's why I like UCLA here. I think uh, UCLA's offense, is they've got to get back to running the football. They've gotten away from that. They were very successful early on, kind of uh, abandoned the run a little bit here. DTR will make enough plays with his legs, make a couple of key throws here. I like UCLA to win this football game. Yeah, UCLA got back to that running game in the second half last week against Washington. Unfortunately, I was able to watch that one. Uh, the VEASAN consensus play. 
and point spread weekly. Says to take Oregon plus one. We uh, disagree with that. At least you've made that known. Uh, I will make that known later on. I guess I just already did make that known. But Oregon, in terms of trends, is 21-3-1 ATS in their last 25 road games against teams with a 70% win percentage or better. So the Ducks tend to play up to competition. And also, conversely, they usually kind of play down as we saw them lose to Stanford already this season. But Anything of note there with UCLA opening this game as a two-point underdog, now flipping to the favorite as the unranked team in this matchup? No, not really. I mean, why don't we just throw in on that ATS numbers that Oregon is, uh, you know, 21-3-1 and on days ending in DAY. I mean, listen, it's irrelevant to me. The bottom line is, can Anthony Brown, who's probably been the worst quarterback Oregon's had in a long time there, this is an elite-level program, in my opinion. They should have a better quarterback, and they've got a big-time recruit in Ty Simpson. This is a kid that's going to see the field sooner rather than later. Maybe he has not played up to expectation in practice. That's why we haven't seen him out there. But Anthony Brown has left a lot to be desired in situations. You know, you look at Justin Wilcox's Cal team. They came within about a yard and a half of knocking off the team, or at least potentially being down by one, then either kicking the extra point or going for two. I think it was a Friday night game against uh, Oregon in Eugene. I just think the Bruins would chip Kelly. I think they find a way to win this game. Um, By the way, Hold on a second. Where do we get this stat? Under 7-0 when their opponent's next team is Colorado? What? I mean, give me a break. That is unbelievable. <laughs> Amal is not a fan of the trends here. No, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> opposed to certain trends. Where they, The thing you got to remember in college football is a couple of factors. Mario, how long has Mario Cristobal been at Oregon? Third year? Yeah, yeah, third year, I believe. Okay, yeah. how long are the players there? Four years and five years? So you're, these, these numbers go back so far back, it's, it's not relevant to the current situation. I mean, this stat of under 7-0 when their opponent's next team is Colorado, I, I mean, what does that have to do with the price of tea in China? <laughs> I will admit that one is very specific. Yeah, uh, I mean... <laughs> As it pertains, and usually with trends, I think is a good kind of just note for a lot of betters. There's always, especially college football, taking into account how long has the coach been there because that's the only kind of evidence that really matters. Because I get that players change, but coaches oftentimes are kind of the beat of the program. So I could see some of the turnover, at least not the, the players turn over, but at least the coaches, in terms of the philosophy, at least remains as long as that coach is still in place there. What happened 10 years ago doesn't really matter to the Oregon Ducks uh, in 2021. Also, if you look in the Pac-12, since we're talking about Oregon-UCLA, uh, I mean, name a program outside of Utah that has actually kept the coach for more than a month. I mean, everybody's got turnover. Th- think about this real quick. You got a new coach at Washington State. You got a second-year coach at Washington who's barely going to survive. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan Smith was on the hot seat coming into this season. Looks good now. Looks good now. Oh, we got David Shaw. We know he's going to run the same game plan every year and throw a fade in the end zone. The trends for Stanford. <laughs> Look into those. Uh, the trend for Stanford is this. When they get in the red zone, they're going to frustrate the hell out of you by throwing three fades in the red zone, and there's a 33% chance they might catch one of them. Or there would be a pass interference called, <laughs> and, and you might be able to win the game yeah. as they did against yeah. Oregon earlier this season. I, I just saw an article about that yesterday talking about how the refs somebody wrote the refs had stanford in that game i highly doubt that i do but too. sometimes you raise your eyebrows oregon ucla is one of four games we have today where an unranked team is the favorite against a ranked team the next one though an interesting game out in ames iowa oklahoma state the number eight team in the country taking on iowa state but the cyclones are the seven point favorite with a total of 47 now usually with these games we see a one-point favorite, two-point favorite like we have with Oregon and UCLA. This is a full touchdown in favor of Matt Campbell and the Iowa State Cyclones. But, Amal, it's Brocktober. And how can you go against Brocktober? 
Well, you know, I think the thing is, the reason why you're seeing Iowa State as the seven-point favorite is because Oklahoma State, they have played extremely well. They're 6-0. But, you know, for their first four wins came by less than 10 points. They they really weren't doing much. But their defense has been extremely dominant. Uh, Femi, they haven't given more than 24 points up in any single game. And that's impressive considering Texas was going up and down in Oklahoma like yeah. they had no defense. And Bijan Robinson was really stymied in the second half. They did a great job against Casey Thompson. The key is going to be Spencer Sanders here. Can't turn the football over, and then they've got to be able to convert the third downs. I think they've got a chance not only to be able to cover this game, to win the game outright. Last year, they knocked off Oklahoma, excuse me, Iowa State. They've had some trouble going into Tri-Stadium. We've seen that uh, several years ago on a Thursday night. They were number one or number two in the country. I think they were number two. They lose the game outright in Ames. Matt Campbell has done a tremendous job. They're coming off of a bye, but this team offensively has not been consistent. And to me, to lay seven points against a defense like this, I couldn't personally do it. I like the Cowboys here catching seven. Yeah, Oklahoma State 9-1 and one in their last 10 games. ATS as an underdog of seven points or less. Now, that trend actually does hold up because Matt, or Mike Gundy rather has been there for forever, it feels like there. So his teams tend to, when they're playing tough teams on the road, keep these games close, and they'll have their hands full against Iowa State out there in Ames kickoff at 1230. Another interesting game, this one in the Big Ten, Wisconsin taking on number 25, Purdue. The Boilermakers, who just knocked off Iowa a week ago. Iowa was the number two team in the country. Country. They're now getting three and the hook at home against the Badgers, total of 40 and a half. Such a low total game to be getting three and a hook. I mean, the line right now is just pretty much telling you that Wisconsin might just run this team off of the field. Well, yeah, I mean, the problem for Purdue is when you look at it, they dominated. If you watch that Iowa game, they look like the number two team in the country and the 14-point favorite in that game as opposed to it being transposed. <laughs> uh, Iowa was pedestrian. Now, Graham Mertz will actually look like an upgrade offensively compared to what they saw last week in Iowa City. But I still think Wisconsin has got to prove they can move the football and be consistent with it. Their defense is elite. Uh, to me, when you look at this team overall, it's not been the defense. The defense has played at a national title level. It's been this offense. I mean, Femi, the game against Michigan, yeah, they got boat raced. But the offense just is not staying on the field. And that's been the big problem so far this year. And they're not converting in the red zone. I don't want to lay three and a half here. Uh, I know Mike Palm took the under on this one. Him and I do the show on Monday through Friday. And on, odds on. on, yeah. Yep. And, you know, to me, I told him I can't play the under because the number is so low, but I can appreciate why everybody's taking it. I, I would have to lean towards the under here. If you're going to get beat, just get beat. But my only concern is if you have a bad turnover or a special teams play that leads to a, poten- leads to a potential score. Uh, it, it becomes difficult sometimes when you get such a low number. It feels like a 20 to 17. That's my exact game. number, 20 to yep. 17. That's yeah. exactly, yeah. <laughs> it's Big Ten football at its <laughs> finest, folks. Speaking of another low total game, another hey, unranked hey, team favorite. I'm just going to tell you right now, buddy. <laughs> Don't even go there because the pathetic 12 has put two programs hey, in the right. college football playoff. Hey, easy. And I'm just letting you know, and one hasn't been, and you haven't had one since 2016. Okay, the Big Ten had a stretch of the Big Ten championship winner not even making the playoff, first of all. They couldn't score points. You had Michigan State getting blown out. You had Ohio State getting shut out against Clemson. So calm, calm down, okay? Urban's ah. gone, all right? I know. We got an upgrade to Ryan Day. Ryan okay. Day hasn't lost a Big Ten conference game. I'm sure that's what you were saying when they were getting blown off the field by Oregon. Blown off the field? They gave them 624 yards? Bring on the Ducks. We'll squash those people. Okay. CJ Verdell just scored another touchdown out wide. Uh, San Diego State taking on Air Force. The Falcons three-point favorites against the number 22-ranked San Diego State Aztecs. Total of 39. You know, I like Air Force in this game. You look at Roberts, the tailback. He has done a tremendous job for this team. We know Air Force is not going to throw the ball. And Femi, the one thing I love about the 
service academies, all three of them across the board, is they're very disciplined. They're not going to beat you with dumb turn, excuse me, dumb penalties. Mm-hmm. And then also they use the fourth down to their advantage. They're going to go for it on that fourth and two, fourth and three. And Brookshire, oh my God, he looks like he played high school football at our producer Matt Neverts High School in terms of the way he throws the ball. <laughs> Unbelievably awful for San Diego State. The offense hasn't been there. This defense is not as good as they once were under Rocky Long. They've done a nice job so far this year, especially the Utah win. But I don't believe this team is quite as good as some of the Aztecs teams we've seen in the past. Going into altitude, Air Force, they had that win against Boise State. I like them here laying the three. For those who don't know, our producer Matt Never went to high school with Ben DiNucci. And I assume that you can go ahead and uh, put that together for yourselves. Uh, Coming up here, we have reached another break. But on the other side, games that have moved the biggest line moves throughout the week on Point Spread Saturday. It is VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. This is Point Spread Saturday on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome back. This segment of Point Spread Saturday is presented by Zen Nicotine Pouches. Zen is working to create a world where you can enjoy life on your own terms. Zen Nicotine Pouches are a smoke-free, spit-free, and hassle-free tobacco alternative that can be enjoyed on the go anywhere and anytime so you never miss a minute of the game or the tailgate party. Available in 10 varieties, including spearmint, coffee, and citrus. Zen can be found at convenience stores nationwide so you can find your Zen wherever you are. Zinn's nicotine pouches are clean and discreet with no lingering smell. Plus, it's easy to use indoors or out, making it the perfect complement to your everyday. Also, Zinn comes in two strengths, so you have control over your nicotine satisfaction. Zinn contains nicotine and is only for adult nicotine consumers 21 plus. Learn more and find your local retailer at Zinn.com. That's Z-Y-N.com. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Point Spread Saturday, rolling along here from the VEASAN studios in the South Point Hotel and Casino. Femi Abebefe, Amal Shaw. Make sure to tweet at us. We're all fired up here. At Amal Shaw 1, you can find him on Twitter, at Femi Abebefe, also at VEASAN Live. We love to interact with the folks as they kind of try to find value themselves on a college football Saturday. But one way to find value is to look at where the lines open. And Circa, one of the great things that they do every Sunday morning They are first to market, opening up with the college football slate for the following week. So we like to do here on the show, Point Spread Saturday, is to look at the biggest line moves that we have seen throughout the week, starting in Happy Valley. Penn State taking on Illinois. That line opened 17, now out to 24. Now we have the uncertainty of Sean Clifford at quarterback. Is he going to play? Is he not? There's rumors saying that he could, but the line is in favor of the Nittany Lions who – are coming off of a bye and hoping to kind of bounce back as after that loss to Iowa a couple weeks ago. I expect Sean Clifford to play. I don't know if he'll play the full game. A couple of reasons. Number one, uh, just speculation that he's going to play from what I've heard. Also, the other thing is, Femi, you play Ohio State next week. Sean Clifford's been out for a couple of weeks. You don't want to go into that game with him just making a first comeback appearance. You want to kind of get your feet wet against the Illini here. I think if Penn State jumps out early, I think we could see Sean Clifford uh, maybe shelved it later in the game if they've got a fairly dominant lead because I don't expect this Illinois team going to be they're, they're going to be able to move the ball effectively against this Penn State defense. So that number, I think the move has been correct. This total is interesting. I think it's about 45.5. I think it's going to be a tough number for them to get over because the Illini offense, they want to run the football. If they're going to get some stops, and I think they'll have some opportunities against Penn State. And the Penn State offense, 
they've not been as explosive as maybe, you know, if you go back a decade or so that, that we're used to seeing. Mm-hmm. A lot of times you'd see these games in State College where they can absolutely run somebody out of the gym. They're just not able to do that. I don't know if they're going to be able to do that here today. I think they get to this number simply because the defense is so dominant. This, in my opinion, could be one of those Penn State 35-3, to 35-7 to 7 type of games. I think they're going to really shut down this Illinois offense. Yeah, right now the line is 23-and-a-half at Circa, but the consensus line is 24. So if you like the Nittany Lions, obviously you're not getting the best of the number since this one opened last Sunday at 17. But if you like them, probably should lay it at Circa where you're seeing 23-and-a-half versus 24, which is throughout the market. And you mentioned the total 45-and-a-half. But when you see a line movement, this is 6-and-a-half points, in some places even 7 what leads to that type of line movement? It has to be quarterback driven to see that big of an adjustment from the opening line to what we're seeing here shortly before kickoff. It, it is, but I also think it's another factor of the fact uh, taking into consideration the Illini and how bad they are offensively. Look at what the Illini have done the last several weeks. They have really struggled to score the football. And when you look at this, how good this Penn State defense is, Illinois in their last uh, four games, actually going back five games, They've had one game against Charlotte, and let's take away Charlotte out of that one because they're a group of five school. But in their last four games against Power 5 teams, they've scored 14, 17, 9, and 0. You got shut out at Wisconsin. You got shut out at home against Wisconsin. Now you're going to play a defense, in my opinion, that's even better than Wisconsin's. Maybe not as good against the run, but overall a better defense. I think they're going to struggle to move the ball. Next game I want to get to involves a top five team and a team that's hoping to break through to the college football playoff. Number two, Cincinnati going to Annapolis, Maryland to take on Navy. This one opened at Cincinnati minus 24. Now it's 28 over there at Circa. The Bearcats we saw it a week ago, they're looking for these style points, Amal. They know that the committee is watching. They're trying to send a statement. Do you agree with this line move of four points in favor of Cincinnati kickoff here at noon on the East Coast, 9 a.m. Pacific? Yeah, I'm eventually considering a run for office. I really don't know to answer your question. <laughs> you know, so let me straddle the fence here. No, the reason why I say this is because if that, you, that's a fair answer. No, yeah. the reason why I say that though is because Navy, if you look at a couple of the matchups, like against SMU, against UCF, who they beat outright, against Houston, they were far more competitive than you would initially thought. These were two touchdown lines in most of the cases going into these games. Uh, I expect Cincinnati's defense really to stymie the Naval Academy. They're not going to be able to throw the ball on them. They're going to have to do it on the ground. I just don't think they're going to be able to be good enough to do that. Luke Fickle's team will do an effective job here. I like um, in this game. I expect. Cincinnati to dominate. Remember last year, or they didn't play last year, but a few years ago they won this game 42 to nothing. Mm-hmm. And so I expect the Bearcats to have a similar score. And you brought up a great point, which is Cincinnati, because a lot of people will not watch this game, they'll look at the final score, especially maybe AP poll voters or just, you know, from a coach's perspective, you always see they have somebody else who fills in their poll anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, the reality of it is they're going to look at the final score and say, oh, Bearcats win, you know, 41 to 7. Okay, they covered. They they look good here. So you're right, Cincinnati because they're trying to get to make that push. They're going to try and run up the score in certain situations. Yeah, and we'll talk about Cincinnati's college football playoff chances later on in the show as we take a look at the market check, a little futures market check, as we always like to do here now that we're reaching the midway point of the college football season. But one question I wanted to ask you, Amal, just about these line movements, and it's because it's something that we saw earlier this week in the NFL. We saw. Betters taking the Denver Broncos 
plus six, plus five and a half, plus four and a half, plus three and a half. And then we saw some people coming back with Cleveland at that minus one and a half, minus two number. In college football, do you ever try to shoot for those middles and set those up? Because I'm looking at the Notre Dame game. This one opened four, now out to seven. Now if it gets to seven and a half, would it better maybe be inclined to try to middle that and hope the game lands on seven? Do you think that is a sound strategy when betting college football? It's a great, great question. And I think it is in certain instances, depending on the matchup. If you have a, for example, Georgia-Alabama, now you're probably not going to have that type of move on a game like that. Yeah. But if you have certain types of matchups, and I always kind of point back to 2011 when LSU was playing Alabama in Tuscaloosa, it was a 9-6 game. Mm-hmm. Um, when you've got two teams that are elite, uh, you know, a couple years ago we saw in 2019 when LSU went into Tuscaloosa and beat them. When when you feel like both of the teams are fairly even and a spread a slight movement against critical numbers might be important. But I think when you look at some of these other line moves in college football, they don't have as much credibility in terms of that as you do in the NFL. The example you gave with Denver and Cleveland, to me, is about as good as you can get. you got a situation with the Browns, the backup quarterback. You come from, I think we said, what, six? Six was the opener on the right. previous so, Sunday. So you go down from six down to one and a half. It's a huge move, but you still got to favor the Browns being at home in that situation. They win it with an experienced quarterback in Kevin uh, in Case Keenum, who's played in Kevin Stefanski's system before. So I, I think that's an ex- excellent example. I think in college, you've got to be very judicious when you do that. Yeah, or even a chance to maybe do it is live bet it. If you see a team oh, well, get up and maybe you can hit it live, or you would disagree with that. No, 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 no. Are you kidding me? The the live betting arbitraging that, you should be doing that every time. If you're not, you should be doing that, 100%. You might lose a little bit of money, but it gives you an opportunity, in, in essence, to put a certain amount of risk to be able to double your profit with just about a 10 11%, you know, or actually you know, just minimum 10% juice there, 5% overall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's the one thing. It's obviously if you have the luxury of watching multiple games at the same time, you have multiple apps open or whatever your avenue of betting is, I think it's definitely, like Amal says, live betting is an excellent way to try to arbitrage and be able to maybe middle these games and go two for one. Two birds, one stone. You know, that's never been a bad thing here. Uh, another line move out there in the ACC, Boston College, plus nine, now plus six at the Louisville Cardinals there. Money coming in here on, uh, on, on BC as they look appear to be the hot side, at least from the opener at Circa there. I think Boston College is going to be able to run the ball effectively against them, and I thought this number at nine was a little bit high, and I could see why it's come down. But the Louisville offense has played better. I'm not a big Scott Satterfield guy, the head coach of Louisville. Uh, t- to me, uh, Jeff Halfley's done a tremendous job with BC. They got run out up at Chestnut Hill against NC State, but I think they're going to be competitive in this one. And Femi, I didn't play this, but I like this total over 57. I think both teams will be able to move the ball. You know, you're talking about 14 points per quarter. I, I think we're going to see somewhat of a competitive higher scoring game. This one feels like one of those, you know, 35-31, 31-27 type of games to me. Another game in the ACC where a dog has flipped to a favorite. NC State opened plus two, now minus three at the Miami Hurricanes. This has been a disaster of a season for Miami and Manny Diaz out there in South Florida. What do you think about this line movement there in the ACC? Yeah, I'm not really surprised by it, but I disagree with you that it's been a disaster for the Hurricanes. You hired Manny Diaz. What the hell did you expect? I mean, this is not much of a shock. I said it when Willie Taggart got hired. That's one of the worst hires I've ever seen. He had never lost less than five games. And I said when Manny Diaz got hired, this was a terrible higher. Miami's going to be looking for a new coach within three years, and it's just a matter of time before they make the move. This they is calling a- Crystal Ball? 
That's a great question, but if you're Mario Cristobal, you don't Why leave, would you leave? You don't leave Oregon for <laughs> yeah. Miami because you know people forget Miami's a small private school. Yeah. And so it, it's not as much of a situation where you're going to be able to have the economic impact that Oregon brings you with the Nike money there. In terms of this movement, no surprise here. Van Dyke at quarterback, I don't think it's much of a drop-off between him and De'Ara King. De'Ara King is one of the, another one of those most overhyped quarterbacks I've seen in a while. By the way, I'm sure those people that signed him to the NIL deals are very proud of themselves. <laughs> good good uh, business acumen there. Yeah, not great. Derek King, Spencer Rattler. Uh, we'll, we'll try to write those ones off maybe around tax season. But you got to wait till these guys are about to go pro unless it's Arch Manning coming out of Isidore Newman. You're not going to sign any of these guys these times. Yeah, his, his recruiting trail is just blowing up there. But we'll get into that, I'm sure, five years down the line with Arch Manning. But next segment, we're getting into market check, national title, college football playoff. We'll see if there's any value that you can attack during week eight in the college football season. You're watching Point Spread Saturday. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, Demarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even posted to my my dance, <laughs> There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free 
This is Point Spread Saturday on VSEN, the Sports Betting Network. The NBA season might have tipped off, but there's still time to grab your copy of the VEASAN Pro Basketball Betting Guide. It has strategies, predictions, and best bets to stay ahead of the odds makers. Our hoops experts, including Jonathan Von Tobel, provide strategy and advice, as well as predictions for conference winners, win totals, playoff teams, and player awards. This digital guide is a must-have, so give yourself a betting edge this season and get your copy now for only $9.99 at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. It is Point Spread Saturday. Femi Abebefe, Amal Shah coming to you from the VEASAN studios at the South Point Hotel and Casino. Amal, market check time. It's week eight in the college football season. There's never a chance. They always got to search for value in terms of the futures market because things change. They, they shuffle just based on the results that we see over the previous week. So when we look at the national title championship the market the futures market odds for the national championship guys it's easy enough for me to say courtesy of DraftKings, we have the graphic out here i want to ask you what kind of stands out to you right now georgia is a plus 120 favorite alabama plus 240 but then there's a clear drop off after the two sec teams ohio state eight to one and then another drop off there with oklahoma cincinnati michigan oklahoma state uh going down the line there but anything that jumps out to you initially when you take a look at the national title odds of course these courtesy of DraftKings. yeah i think a couple things uh, ohio state at eight to one and oklahoma at 14 to one um you know alabama still got to navigate auburn Auburn is playing fairly well. I think they've got written off ever since that uh, game against Penn State. They had come from behind victory in Death Valley against LSU, did a great job. And they win against Arkansas. They get the Razorbacks at the right time after they lost two in a row. But I don't think you can necessarily assume that Alabama is going to be a lock for the college football playoff because, remember, they still have to beat Georgia. Now, I think they've got a chance to do that. I picked Georgia to win the SEC, so I'm going to still say Georgia is going to win the league. But, you know, with this Georgia team, and I'm going to use an analogy that you can relate to, your 2001 Seattle Mariners, what, they win 116 games? 116 games. games. Right, and everybody there thought they should have been all the starting lineup in the All-Star game, but your people (laughs) couldn't even... They were hosting the All-Star game. Yeah, yeah, all these people in Seattle, like, all the Mariners should be starting the All-Star game. Too bad you guys couldn't even win three games in the LCS that year. The bottom line is all these... (laughs) <laughs> All these Georgia people think they've already locked up the national title. Look, Georgia's a very good football team, but there's one thing that hasn't been discussed with Georgia. They haven't played a team with an offensive pulse. When you play Alabama, if you've got Stetson Bennett, the accountant, uh, playing for you under center, you're going to need to score 35 points to beat Alabama. Mm-hmm. I don't care how great your defense is. You know, we've realized that Clemson's an absolute fraud on offense. I mean, Syracuse held them to, what, 17 points. Yeah. Clemson has scored... In regulation, highest point total against the Division One foe is 19 points this year. Who has Georgia played that you look at that offense and say, this offense is elite? Yeah, nobody. I mean, <laughs> And so you face off against Bama, it's going to be a challenge. Ohio State and Oklahoma now, especially with Oklahoma with Caleb Williams under center, if Nick Vadino, who has played well this year, if the rest of the defense can show up, this team could be dangerous. Uh, I, I think, you know, when you look at the fact that they got past Texas, I thought that was a season-changing, season-defining victory that's going to propel them through the rest of the league. And I don't know if Matt's got the Big 12 odds here, but I would take a look at Oklahoma to win the Big 12. If you can get it under two two $2.5, I would take the Sooners because even if Oklahoma State beats them in Bedlam, they're not going to beat them next week in uh, Arlington in Jerry World. So for me, I like Oklahoma to get there. I think Ohio State's going to get there. Georgia will get there, even if they lose to Alabama. But the question remains is if Alabama loses, then is it Cincinnati that gets in? Yeah. No, for those Big 12 title odds, I don't know if we have the graphics up coming up, but I do have them at DraftKings right here. Oklahoma, minus 225 
to win the Big 12. So I think the uh, betters, at least the market, are kind of seeing what you're seeing with the Sooners team and with Caleb Williams. Oklahoma State 5-1, to one, the closest team with Iowa State at 6-1 to one right after them. You said Oklahoma's minus how much? 225. Yeah, that's a, that's a good price. I would take the Sooners right now at this price. I, I think they're, they're just too dangerous. Williams gives them such a dimension in terms of running the ball. Also, look, let's be real here. Spencer Rattler is not a guy that appears to be well-liked. You go back to his days no. at Pinnacle Peak in, in Phoenix. Uh, he was not expecting necessarily well received by his teammates and same thing is carried over here in Norman um, in terms of the odds to win the SEC we're looking at them on the graphic right now uh, it's saying Georgia 2-1 to one, so they've got Alabama to win the league I don't get that because they're shorter odds to win the national title you might as well just bet Georgia to win the league you don't even have to worry about the playoff I was going to mention that in just a bit about Alabama as well but you mentioned the national title Oklahoma was circled on my uh, notes as well but I want to ask you this the schedule to end the season is a little tricky to navigate. You're at Baylor, then home for Iowa State, and then at Oklahoma State there. Do you have any concern with the Sooners possibly tripping up in one of, or maybe even two of those games by no, chance? It's a great question. I mean, you look at those combined records of those teams, they have three losses. Baylor with the one loss, uh, two by Iowa State so far, and then, of course, uh, Sooners, excuse me, Cowboys undefeated. It's not going to be easy, but talent-wise, they are far superior than the rest of these teams. I think the biggest matchup is going to be against Iowa State, but remember, that one is in Norman. Norman. Yep. That makes a big difference there. Baylor's a very good team. It won't be easy going down to Waco at McLean Stadium, but I expect Oklahoma just a little bit too tough for Dave Aranda's squad right now. But I think Baylor might be one of the most under-the-radar teams in college football this year. Cincinnati right now 25-1. to Any interest with the Bearcats? No, because that's national title odds. Yep. I would look more at can they make the college football playoff. Yeah. Excuse no, me, that, that would be more odds I would look at because I, I think it, as well as they played Georgia last year in a game that they should have won, um, I, I still don't think they're going to be able to beat Oklahoma, Ohio State, Alabama, or potentially Georgia, any one of these teams that they would they could match up against. Their odds are plus 105 to make the college football playoff. You still interested? I uh, am not. I'm not. <laughs> no, no, no. The reason why I say that, no, but if people are, it's not a bad play. But the reason why I'm not is this. It comes down to this, actually. If you believe, here's how you should bet it. You bet Georgia to win the SEC at 2-1, to mm-hmm. one, and you bet Cincinnati to make the playoff. Because, Well, no, because then you get the same loss. If Georgia wins, you get your 2-1, to one, uh, and, and, and you're going to get in if you're Cincinnati if Alabama loses a second game. I, I think the real challenge here is, I think the Big Ten and the Big 12 are going to have a representative because they've got too many teams at the top of their leagues that are doing well. It would really take a lot of chaos. Now, the Iowa loss helped Cincinnati, because now you're not going to have an undefeated team from the West on the conference there. Um, But I think the real challenge here is, if Oklahoma, uh, Oklahoma, even with a loss, Ohio State runs the table with their one loss, or Penn State runs the table, or Michigan undefeated or one loss, they're all going to get in over Cincinnati, because of the matchups that they have. Georgia, right now, they got to get through the cocktail party. They get through that game. There's not a scenario you see where they don't get into the college football playoff, even if they lose by 50 points in the SEC title game. So it's really, to me, it's going to come down to that Alabama spot or they need some serious chaos within one of these conferences between the Big Ten and the Big 12. Well, I think if you're Cincinnati, you're also rooting for Georgia to trip up before the SEC title game to make it one loss Bama, one loss Georgia. So it's an elimination game in Atlanta in December there. So it's guaranteed only one team makes it. You're, you're correct on that, but the problem is this. Outside of Florida, when you look at the rest of the schedule for Georgia, who's going to knock them off? That's a good question. <laughs> it's not looking likely as we see Georgia's yeah. odds in the futures market. I mean, they're minus, I think, 1,100 to make the college football playoff, which is just absurd. I uh, wouldn't bet that. But uh, another team that's an outside looking in maybe or could possibly jump into this discussion is Oregon. 
If, How did if, I know he was going to go if, there? If, if you like the Ducks, now let's say you, you're on UCLA today. Uh, newsflash and <laughs> spoiler alert: I'm on UCLA as well today. But if you do like the Ducks to win today, there's only two more tricky spots left on the schedule at Utah, and then home for Oregon State in the rivalry game to close out the regular season. True, true. Seventy to one, Amal, to make or to rather to win the national title. If they win out. And if maybe maybe they have a better resume than Cincinnati, chaos happens. They're able to get into that college football playoff. Would you maybe take a flyer on the Ducks? Seventy no, to one is really juicy. Fair, fair Granted, question. Granted, knowing that they have a lot of hurdles in front of them. Fair question, but you know you've got uh, uh, Verdell who's injured. That's a concern. C.J. Verdell at the tailback position. But here's the thing: if you're taking Oregon at seventy to one, it's basically a scenario where making a bet where you're going to hedge off on them. That's yeah. all you're going to do. That's because the, re- the reality of it is, remember one thing at Autzen Stadium, they represent in the center of that field the number of national titles Oregon has won. <laughs> so you see that evident every Saturday when the Ducks play at home with that big O out there. And the other thing to keep in mind is you mentioned that game in Salt Lake City at Rice-Eccles. Mm-hmm. That is not an easy place to play. Not at we all. saw that with Herm Edwards in Arizona State. By the way, they went full Arizona State last weekend. That is so typical of ASU. 14-point lead at half. You think this is going to be the year. The We're going to go back to the 97 Rose Bowl. Jake this fake and company are going to be getting ready to make a run here. No. No, they went full Arizona State, losing a game they shouldn't have lost, had a 14-point lead, and they folded. Look, Oregon's got a good enough schedule. If they run the table, I think they've got a great chance to get into the college football playoff. They would still, at this point in time, have the best win of the season, a road win in Columbus. But I will tell you, I think it's going to be tough for them based on the schedule and with the injuries that they've had. You know, you look at the tailback position. I just mentioned Vardell out. Also, Sean Dollar's out as well. I mean, so you, you've got a couple of key guys in that situation where you're losing players. Interesting to note here, for the call to make the college football playoff market, Alabama right now is minus 165. I think that's an absolute no bet, especially when you look at their odds to win the SEC plus 110. They cannot make the college football playoff without winning the SEC. Correct. 100% bet plus 110 to win the SEC. Do not bet minus 165 to make the playoff. I don't see the scenario in which they get to the playoff without winning the SEC. I would agree with you there, and they've got really two games left to navigate. They've got the game against Auburn in the Iron Bowl. And if I'm not mistaken, I believe that game is down in uh, down on the Plains. And then, of course, the game against Georgia. By the way, if they get tripped up against uh, Auburn, you know, they can't even make it because they're going to be behind Texas A&M in terms of the division race, even though A&M's got two losses in league play. I think A&M's got a chance to have a really good rest of the conference. Like, they are really regretting that game against Mississippi State at home. Always good to talk things out when the college football futures market, so we'll talk out some more and talk a little bit of Heisman watch on the other side of the break. Hour number two in just a matter of moments. It is Point Spread Saturday on VCND Sports Betting Network. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and 
National Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Introducing the Lisa Chill Collection, your answer to hot nights. These mattresses beat the heat with ultra-cool covers, whisking away heat for the perfect sleep temperature. Save up to $460 on chill mattresses and get two free pillows when you shop now. iHeart listeners can save an extra $50 off by visiting lisa.com forward slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.